Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. David, so glad to be back on our show with you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm really happy about this show because uh, we get to talk about my podcast that we had with the, the current CEO of Young Brands, David Gibbs. David's a very close associate and friend of mine, and one of the things that I admire about him is that, you know, a lot of times when you become CEO, you try to disown the past leaders. You want to make sure that you're seen as the person and that, you know, you make your own decisions. But David's humble enough to get, you know, a leader like myself involved in the business. You know, he invited me to speak at the 25th anniversary of Young Brands which I loved. And, and we have a ongoing dialogue about the business. Of course, he makes all the decisions and he's totally in charge of the business. But, you know, he takes advantage of the historical equity that I have with the company. You know, I I was at Young Brands from 1997 to 2016. He looks at as an advantage, not as a disadvantage to him. So, you know, I want to do everything I can to, to help David be successful and, and obviously Young Brands, which I love. I absolutely loved this episode. Your conversation with David Gibbs is jam-packed with just really incredible leadership insights. I really love how through your conversation, it comes through that David Gibbs is a guy who really knows how to flip the script in tough situations. He is faced with a challenge and immediately thinks about, okay, how can I make this good? And that's such a tremendous asset as a leader. And I'm excited to dive a little bit deeper into that mindset along with our other topics in today's questions. So let's get rolling with the three more questions. All right, cool. Let's go. All right. Question number one. David obviously runs a restaurant business, but he says that in the way he thinks about it, he's actually in the people business and in the culture business. David Novak, should everybody think about their organization in this way? Oh, I absolutely believe that's the case. In fact, I believe the formula for success for any business is you get your people capability right, then you satisfy more customers, and then you make money. Too many people start out saying, hey, I want to make money, but they forget how you really get there. So the number one job of the leader is to create the work environment and the culture where everybody can perform at the best, and it's a culture that allows you to attract and retain the very best people. And this doesn't matter what business you're in. Any business you're in, I guarantee you, this is an absolute truism that every leader should take advantage of and really understand as they build their business. Would you say that's the same thing for small businesses as well? Yeah, I think there's just less scale. Every small business wants to get big. And the way you get bigger is by developing the people capability, developing the culture that allows you to satisfy more customers. You do that, then you make more money, then you can add more jobs and you can expand and you can grow and you've got people coming into your office and banging your door down with new ideas and things that you can do to grow the business. And the next thing you do is you wake up five years later and you got, man, look how far we've come. And that doesn't happen in any business. I don't care how big or small it is, unless you have the right people capability and you have the right culture. And I think it's critical that the leader focus on building a culture with the behaviors that will drive results. And the best leaders do. Well, you certainly instilled that at Young Brands during your time there with the recognition culture that is still going strong today at Young Brands corporate offices and in the franchises all over the world. Well, I'm glad that you say that, Kula, because when I was at the 25th anniversary, and I, I haven't really been back that many times, 
uh, at Young Brands. But, you know, I was so pleased to have so many of the people come up and, and basically say that the number one thing that separated Young Brands from any other company and the number one reason why they were still there and, and focused on growing Young Brands was because of our recognition culture. And where we put people first. And I saw recognition in, in action at that meeting. And it was very joyful for me. Because to me, you know, it's nice to have uh, left the mark that's being continued. But frankly, I'm not doing any of it now. David Gibbs is doing it. His team is doing it. They're making it happen. And, you know, that's another thing I think that a leader wants to do. A leader wants to sort of pave the way for others to follow and take the business to a higher level. And that's exactly what David Gibbs has done. All right, question number two. David self-identifies as someone who is rather controlling and likes to make all the decisions, but he realized that when you take the joy of the decision away from somebody, you take the joy of the job away from them. Can you unpack this concept for us, David? Well, that's such a great phrase and a great belief to have as a leader. When you take the joy of the decision away, you take away the joy of the job. Just think about that for a second. You know, if somebody's telling you what to do and you don't get to, to be the person to decide, then it takes away all the joy you get from really participating, using your brain and your capabilities to the fullest extent. You know, David and I learned that phrase from one of the greatest leaders of all time. In fact, I did a podcast with Larry Bossidy, who wrote the book Execution, and he's a former CEO of Allied Signal and later, later on Honeywell. And Larry is like one of my all-time business heroes. But he spoke to our management team in San Francisco one year, and he, he gave us that phrase. And it really, really stuck with David, stuck with me, and I think stuck with everybody that heard it because, you know, we can all relate to that. You know, I've always said, telling isn't selling. You know, when you, when you have somebody tell you what to do, that doesn't really drive you. That doesn't really inspire you. What you want to do is have people help you get to the right decision that you can make in your area that you're responsible for. And that's what the best leaders do. Well, I imagine you kind of had to do that at Yum Brands. I mean, you have thousands of franchisees all over the world. It would be impossible for you to make all the decisions. So I imagine that learning that with the franchisees and during your time at Yum is something that was really critical to your success and your growth. Well, I have to tell you something. You know, I learned this from my mentor, Andy Pearson. And Andy was a very wise person. He'd been the, the former president of PepsiCo, a teacher at Harvard Business School. He was at Clayton Dubelier and Rice as a private equity guy. He, he knew so much. And he was our original chairman and CEO. And he passed the baton on to me in two years, you know, even though he had a three-year contract to do that because he felt like I was ready. And it's really interesting because... You know, I made a ton of decisions over my time at Yum Brands, and I don't think I ever made one of those without at least getting his input. You know, he never made the decision, but I always wanted to get his input because he was so smart and it would help me make a better decision. And, you know, I made a lot better decisions because I, I sought him out. And you know what? I never, ever once felt that he made one decision even when he was the original CEO of the company. I never felt he made a decision. I felt like I was making every one of them. And you know what? I bet he had a lot more to do with what, what I was doing than what I probably ever gave him credit for. But I do know 
because of him, I, I had a very joyful job. I loved my job. I felt accountable. I felt like I was in charge of the destiny of the company, obviously with his blessing and with his help. Someone once told me that you could either have growth or control. You can't have both. And so I think learning to empower your people to make those decisions and learn as they do is something every leader could probably do a little bit better. You know, taking that a step further, Kula, I really believe when you focus on growth, that's what really gives you control. If you focus on the growth of the people, they know that they care about you. They seek you out. They want to hear your advice. If you focus on the growth of the business, you're unpacking new opportunities that people can pursue. It gives you more stature. It gives you more credibility. And and ultimately, that does give you control. All right. Question number three. In this episode, David talks about how he's navigated some really hard business challenges in recent years. He says that tough decisions are easier to make when you have a set of values you believe in. David, what does he really mean by this? David has done a great job working with his team to define the behaviors that he knows will drive results. So let's use a couple of examples that could happen. Let's say you're trying to make a decision on the product specifications of, let's say, a pizza. Well, you could probably save $5 million a year if you cut the pepperonis from 30 to 28. But if one of your guiding principles is product quality and you reduce the quality of your pizza by taking it from 30 pepperonis to 28, then you keep it at 30 pepperonis and you figure out how to save money somewhere else that the customer really won't feel. And I think if you have the right values and the right behaviors, that helps you make the right decisions. If you put people first, even when you have to make the tough decision to maybe reduce your cost structure and reduce your workforce, you do it with dignity. You give people the proper notice. You give people the proper separation agreements. You give people the proper way to maintain their health care while they're going through the transition. But you do the right things, even in the toughest circumstances. But that's a behavior that I know that Yum Brands has, which is we believe in all people and we believe in putting people capability first. So that guides our decision. If you're in an environment where there's no recognition and one of your behaviors is, is that recognition is key, then you as a leader, you use that to guide your own behaviors and you look for people doing the right things that are grow the business and then you recognize them in a way that's relevant to them and is personal for you. But these are just examples of way how you can use behaviors to guide how you go to work each and every day. And I, that's why I think it's so important to establish your cultural values. I like to call them cultural behaviors because that can really guide how you go to work as a leader every single day. That is so Good. I like to think of, you know, whenever I face a tough decision, the decision is going to be hard to make because like David Gibbs says in the episode, we're wired to seek approval from other people. So if you're making a decision that's going to let someone down, it's not going to feel great. But if you have this set of cultural values or cultural behaviors that you believe in and that your whole team is aligned with, it's almost like a psychological safety net. You know you can fall back on those principles and it makes everybody feel like you're true to your word and you really do live by what you say you live by. So I think that's fantastic advice. Absolutely. And, you know, just one other example, this carries over, I think, to the family. You know, my mom recently passed away. She was 93 years old. And, you know, one of the things she always taught us was you do the right thing. You always do the right thing. 
And I remember when I was a little kid, I liked to play Army. I'd dig these holes and play Army. And she took me to this store and she bought me a canteen. I love this canteen. But one day I lost the top to that canteen. And I looked all over for this and I couldn't find it. Well, a couple of weeks later, we go back to the same store where I bought that canteen. And we go home. And all of a sudden, under my bed, I find my canteen top. And my mom said, where'd you get that canteen top? And I said, well, I found it under my bed. And she said, well, didn't you look for it under your bed at least three or four times, you know, uh, when you lost it and couldn't find it? And he said, yes. And she said, honey, where did you really get that canteen top? Well, mom, I got it at the store, you know, <laughs> and I took it at the store. I basically shoplifted that canteen top. And she took me back to that store made me give the top back to the store manager and apologize for taking that canteen top. Now, believe me, that was an incredible learning experience for me. And it really drove home what I think is one of the cultures of our family, which is that you do the right thing. And, you know, if you do the right things, the right things always happen. And, you know, that's something that's always stuck true to me. And you know what happened when I gave that top back? The store manager said, you know what, son, I admire you so much for coming here and standing up to me. And he gave me that canteen top back, you know, <laughs> but I've never forgotten that story, obviously. And it was very, very powerful. But I think you, you need to create a culture at business, obviously, but you also need to create a culture at home that really represents what your family needs to be and, and what you want it to be. Funny enough, I have a similar story. I wasn't playing army, but I was playing jewelry store. And I came home with a lot of rings that I had not purchased. So my parents did the same thing. They took me back to the store and I walked in there with my tail between my legs and returned the rings to them. And it's so funny how that moment to this day sticks out so clearly in my mind. And sometimes when I have to make tough decisions and own my mistakes, I kind of call back that same energy that I had that day when I was, I don't know, five years old and just remind myself, this is the right thing to do. It's not going to be pleasant for a short period of time, but it's the right thing to do. So I'm going to do it. Well, we're both very lucky, Kula. We have parents that taught us not to be shoplifters and we're not in jail these days. And and, And we get to do this three questions podcast every Monday together. Thank goodness for that. Well, this has been another fantastic episode of Three More Questions. Thanks again to you for tuning in to another episode of How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And speaking of culture and the power of putting people first, next week we have another great leader, Steve Holmes, who will talk to you about how he just did that and a whole lot more. Steve is the non-executive chairman of Wyndham Worldwide and Wyndham Destinations. He used to be the CEO of Wyndham and took the company into two companies through a spinoff that's been very, very successful. But Steve is a great leader and you're going to learn a lot from him. 